Welcome to this week's Money Investing Show. This week we're looking at whether or not being a business owner, being self-employed, or being an investor is for you. There's a lot to take out of this, and there's no one group that's better than another, but there is one thing that's common. Be the best you can be, manage your time, and be clear on your outcome, because ultimately, all of us are gonna be investors at some point where we live off our investments. The key thing is, how quickly can you do it, and how big can you make that investment pool, and we'll show you exactly how in this show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and my offsider as always, Mr. Mitchell Laurentiel. Thanks for having me on the show, Mr. B. And in the midst of my husky voice today, something I'd love to get your insight on, as I know as a business owner, a successful one at that, is the question, is being self-employed really for you? Because it's probably a different answer than what most people would expect. That's a good one, isn't it? And I, I think if we put some framework into this, um, probably one of my good friends, coaches, mentors, very early on, Robert Kiyosaki, great book, Cashflow Quadrant, you know, being an employee, moving to be self-employed, moving to be a business owner and moving into then becoming an investor is the sort of journey that if you're embarking on personal development, maybe the route that you need to take. And I suppose something that's uh, something of a, 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 a side note to this, but when people do get involved with personal development, this isn't about changing who you are. It's very important to understand that. And oftentimes, if you've been involved with seminars or online stuff where you learn something new, your friends say, oh, you've changed. You're not the person you were, which is good. You're growing. But personal development is not about changing who you are. It's enabling you to become the best version of you that you can be. And I think that's a very, very important distinction because you, you make a very good you, but you make a very bad somebody else. And what's right for one person isn't for another. We see it in our trading space where you might find someone, oh, my friend's doing this strategy and I can't get it to work for me. It's just purely and simply because it doesn't fit with your personality. So it's not about change. It's not trying to be a one size fits all. It's about helping you be the best person you can be. So yeah, let's start off. Employee to self-employed, business owner to investor. It's an interesting journey. Let's They're all different. Through. And let, let's go through yeah. all four. So employee, someone mm -hmm. who works for someone else, right? Absolutely. And you know, if you, if you look at a lot of personal development space, it's almost scorned on being an employee. And that just is so desperately unfair because I think your overarching goal should be whether you're an employee, self-employed business owner, be the best person you can be at what you do. And if you're an employee, be the best employee you can be. And being an employee is not inferior to being self-employed or not being a all. business owner. You know, if you look in the corporate world, for example, you know, you, it, take Jamie Dimon, the, the CEO, <laughs> chairman uh, you know, of a major Wall Street bank, I don't think he's got a problem being an employee no. with his $1.4 billion of net worth as a consequence of what he's done for a job for the last 40 years. All the security and an extreme amount of remuneration. Exactly right? right. So there's no pecking order in this. And I guess choosing which area within that quadrant is the best fit for you comes down to what your personality is like, whether or not you value um, stability and security, for example, which for some people is a, a massive overarching requirement. They want something that's stable, a job for life, that's very secure, uh, that they can go to every day for as long as they want to do it until such times as they want to stop. And if that's in your DNA, being a business owner, being an entrepreneur is not the space for you because no. it's radically uncertain and there's every chance, you know, 80, 90% of businesses fail after a couple of years that the baby that you've just built up is gonna be gone, so. Especially when you throw something like COVID in the mix mm, where absolutely. all of a sudden there's a you know raging pandemic and you don't have a business anymore, no security mm. whatsoever. Very true. 
How do we? How does that then compare to someone who's self-employed okay. or a business owner? So it, it, typically, the journey would be if you're an employee and you've got a particular craft or skill, maybe you've done an apprenticeship, or you know, let's say for example, you're a physiotherapist or a dentist, and you're part of a, a bigger group, and you might choose to go out on your own. And effectively, you're now self-employed. You work for yourself. To all intents and purposes, you own a job. That's effectively what you you, you have there. And and it can be quite challenging because as an employee, your hours are likely to be fairly fixed. As someone that's self-employed. Uh, that's definitely freedom, not the case. Right? You're going to have more freedom. You can choose when you want to work, but chances are you're going to work far more because all of a sudden, if you're self-employed, you're not just doing your role as a physio. If you're starting out, you're going to be doing some sales and marketing work to get customers. You're probably going to be doing some of the book work until you get to a stage where you can hire somebody to do that or outsource it. Uh, and, uh, uh, you're going to become your own IT department, working on your website and so on and so forth. So these are often things that people don't actually envisage. You think, I've got a great set of skills. Uh, I'm charged out, you know, as a physio, maybe 140 bucks an hour, but my company only pays me 60, so there's an extra 80 bucks an hour that I'm missing out on. I can get all that. You may well get all that, but you're going to be doing an awful lot more work for it. So, you know, and plus, if you're not good at what you do, all of a sudden, if you're not good at generating clients, you're not going to have, uh, you're not going to be self-employed, you'd be self-unemployed. <laughs> yeah. So it's a good way to put it. And, and the quote I think that you use, or I've heard here plenty of times, is entrepreneurs only people that would rather work 80 hours in a week versus 40. So if you right. think that you're gonna own a business and just kick back and drink coffee whilst the rest of the people do the work for mm. you, it's a total misconception, right? 100%, and I think one of the one of the biggest barriers for people to break through if you're moving from being an employee to either being self-employed or a business owner is that the foremost skill set you simply have to have non-negotiable is you've got to be an expert in sales because if you're not able to turn the cash register over, you have no business. Everything else is peripheral to that. You have to be the person in your business that understands the sales process, the client acquisition pathway, the lifetime value of the client, the client service model, everything around that whole sales function you need to understand and master. And again, that's a huge gear shift from someone that's been an employee that's performing a skill to then all of a sudden having to do the skill and then learn how to sell it. Big shift. All the more reason to get upskilled. And I guess that brings us to the final quadrant here is mm. being an investor. So what, what does yeah. that mean? Does that well, mean not working? Not necessarily, no. I mean, the, the end goal of being an investor, let's actually take it from self-employed to being a business Sorry, owner. excuse me. Okay, so self-employed, you, you own your job, you're doing your thing. A business owner is where you've set up a structure which has got processes in that enable you to duplicate yourself. And as a business owner, your goal is to effectively be able to make yourself redundant and the business still works. So you have a sales function, you have the delivery of the product function within there, you have the admin function within there and everything else that's associated around what you do. And the idea is that you can then step out, focus on building more of the same, hiring more people to do more, and genuinely running a business as opposed to running yourself as someone that's self-employed. So it's, right. it's kind of a graduation process through there. And again, the key thing to understand, you don't need to move through this quadrant. It's not, the goal shouldn't be to be a business owner if you don't like uncertainty. You know, we, we talked about you know, a job for life, and let's say you want to have that security, but you want the freedom to travel, go be a teacher, you're gonna get 10 or 12 weeks a year holiday, and you've got a job for life effectively, Perfect. if you're half good at what you do. The flip side of it is your income is going to be largely capped because you're in a structure that you effectively have no control over. Whereas as someone that's self-employed or better yet as a business owner, your income capacity is only limited by how creative and how big you want to really take the operation that you're trying to set up. The big advantage the way I see it on, on, on the other side of the ledger of not being an employee, as I say, there's no one that's better than the other. On the other side of the ledger, not being an employee 
it's probably far more tax effective. That's something that's, I think, universally acknowledged. If you think about it as a business owner, um, you know, there are a number of things that you can, um, you, 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 like your car, for example, just as a really simple example, if you use it for some business and some personal, you're gonna get a deduction there and all sorts of things. We're not gonna give tax advice on this, but it is a more tax effective structure. Secondly, yeah, if your business has profit in, you can pay that money out to various entities that you may have set up to keep your marginal tax rate at 30% as opposed to what it might be um, you know, if you're in operating as an employee. Okay, so there are certain tax benefits from being over there. And yeah, Robert Kiyosaki talks about that massively. You know, tax benefits in the US, particularly as a business owner, are radically different from being an employee. It's certainly a lot to consider. It's not just about the, the income that you can earn, it's about actually managing that and keeping it, right? Absolutely, it's not what you make, it's what you get to keep, and that's after tax, you gotta remember that. <laughs> exactly right, exactly right. So then chatting about an investor. Hmm. So we've gone through the quadrant there, the last yep. one being an investor, does that really mean not working, or does it just mean having your funds working hard for you? Yeah. It's a really interesting question because ultimately everyone's goal should be to become an investor. And what I mean by that is your goal at some point is going to be to retire and to live off the income that's produced from your investment. So ultimately, whether you're an employee or whether you're self-employed or a business owner, ultimately at some point in time when you retire, you will be living off the proceeds of your superannuation. So you're living off the return on your investment. So everyone's going to be in that camp at some point in time. The question is, how quickly do you get to that camp? And this is very important to understand, retirement or living off your investments in retirement doesn't have to be when you're 65 or 70, it can be at 29, 30, 35, 25, whatever the year is that you set based on what you've been able to accomplish in that early part of time. Were you retired at 29, mm. if I heard that correctly? That's right, very, very briefly. Uh, well, I had a love <laughs> affair with the fridge and got insanely bored. Um, you know, and, and, and the key ingredient, I think, for any success in investing is not only specialist skills, and we'll talk about that in a few moments time, I'm sure, is the magic ingredient is time and letting what you're doing work for you. You could set up a great business, but it's not gonna allow you to retire in five minutes time. You've gotta give it time to grow, uh, to have an exit strategy. Are you gonna sell it? Is it a trade sale? Are you going to list it? Is it gonna be something that somebody chooses to buy out and add into what they do or whatever it may be? That all takes time. Uh, and ultimately, at the end of the day, whatever that time frame is, you will at some point become an investor. And if you're able to get the job done nice and early and you've accumulated enough assets where going to work becomes a choice. It's something you want to do because you enjoy what you're doing rather than something you have to do to service your standard of living. That's where real freedom comes in. Two factors there. One, you've got to have an investment portfolio that's making enough money to do that. And secondly, you've got to have a cost of living um, that, that matches what your investment portfolio throws out. So, you know, and I've seen people live extremely well on a fairly modest amount of money because their expectations or the way they spend money is quite modest. And I've seen other people, they've got a terrific investment portfolio, but they don't feel like they've got a standard of living because what they spend is way beyond what that investment portfolio can kick out. So effectively they're moving backward, which is quite stressful financially. So yeah, there, there are a few factors at play in there, but the goal is to better build that up, whether it's in super or outside of super and a combination of, um, to be able to give you the ability to say, right, I'm kind of done. I'm gonna hand the reins over to somebody else. I'm gonna keep a finger in the pie because I love what I do, or maybe I'm glad to exit that because I've had a guts full of it after 20 or 30 years or whatever it might be. <laughs> and, and I'm just gonna focus on living on here. The danger is, if you focus on this investment quadrant too much, you start to obsess about it. And when you get too close to something, you can't actually see what's going on. You know, the closer you get, sometimes the less you see. Um, and, and, and that's something that's also quite important. So, you know, you get to the point where you want to live off your investments, have something that's largely passive, that's working, it doesn't require you to tinker too much. And that's why, you know, property is always appealing to people because it's a, a lazy form of investment. You buy it, it goes up in value over a period of time. You generate a rent check if you've got tenants in there. You might have commercial, you might have residential, you might develop. 
you know, the stock market is the same. We can generate terrific income from that, but you don't need to be in it all of the time. And I guess the, the, the secret source to what we do, Mitch, is it doesn't matter whether you're an employee, self-employed business owner, or indeed an investor, what we do bolts on the side of any one of those quadrants and can help accelerate you to get into that investment space. Just being an investor where your investments grow and throw out an income that you can basically live off and say, look, I'm giving up work because I've had a gut full of it, or I'm scaling back to spend more time doing charitable work, whatever it may be. Doesn't require a huge amount of time, but what it does require is a good set of skills in order to do that. And I know certainly we're gonna cover that off towards the end of the broadcast. It's great advice and it makes total sense. If we then dial that back to, to being self-employed, yep. AB, let's just chat about what it actually means to be self-employed and what the advantages <laughs> and disadvantages yeah. of those are. It, it's not for everyone. You know, if you've got a personality type that requires somebody to provide you with instruction and direction, being self-employed is an absolute Terrible. nightmare. You become a puddle and you just sort of flow around, you know, majoring in minor things. Oh, I better get the admin up together. I've got a couple of bills to pay. Uh, let's spend a bit of time changing the font on the website <laughs> or whatever it might be. And, and, and no time on what actually moves the needle in your business. You know, most people have heard of you know, Pareto analysis, the 80-20 rule. You know, 80% of your, uh, your, your revenue comes from 20% of your time. So you think, well, if, if, you're, if you're half smart, what you're gonna do is eliminate any task that's not a revenue generating task, outsource it as much as possible, admin, payroll, all of those different, get rid of it so it's out of your realm. And that's why I say you've gotta be an expert at sales if you're gonna be self-employed or, or, or run a business. So that 20% of your time becomes 100% of your time. So you've just amplified your sales outcome by a factor of five if all you focus on is the thing that moves the needle. Which is what you want, right? Yeah. So you focus on 4% of the activity and you get 4% of what you do is gonna give you 64% of your revenue. Do more of that and less of all the other crap that fills your day up, manage your time really, really well, and you're gonna be pretty successful. The challenge is moving from being an employee to being self-employed, you wouldn't understand exactly how to do that. Which is the high. challenge, right? Mm. So how, Different skill set. Yep. How does one actually understand that? Is it just a matter of doing it or mm. is there a handbook that says, here's how you run a business? I think having a coach is pretty important and someone that's been there for sure. Um, you know, and there isn't a handbook. Maybe we should write one on running a business. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of stuff out there in the, in the, in the, in the free space that you can download and look at. Um, yeah, the key thing is um, you know, be very, very careful with your time and understand being busy doesn't mean to say you're being effective. And again, if you move into being self-employed or a business owner, one thing I can guarantee is you're going to be busier than you've ever been in your life. So you've got to get increasingly protective of your time, who you let steal it from you, for example. I know that's a really sort of harsh way of saying it. As soon as you have employees, you will find them. We've had them in our business. We've managed to get rid of most of them. In fact, all of them that are in that particular, in, in, in that space. But they are time cancers. They will come in and chew up an hour or two hours or three hours of your day if you let them with nothing. And you've got to eliminate that from your life because that time is the most precious thing you have. So getting very, very good at managing your time, you know, our, our, our money and investing journaling system is fantastic for that in terms of managing your time, which you know, everyone here uses, a lot of our clients use. That's, that's one thing. But also be very specific about what you're actually spending your time on as well. So don't let anyone take it away, but you've got to be very productive with what you've got left. So one of the things I'd suggest is that go through for maybe a week or two and literally, just like a lawyer, every six minutes, you know, you've got to account for your time. That's why your legal bills are broken down into <laughs> six-minute increments. Um, you know, break your time down into six-minute increments. What did you spend your time on in that six minutes? And actually see where you're spending your time and isolate, you know, highlight this is the time that's not productive making money and I spent three hours, you know, looking at my competitors' websites. You're not trying to be your competitor. You're trying to be the best version of you. Eliminate that. It's funny you say that. I was actually watching a... a, a 
a documentary as such on Elon Musk. Mm. And here's a guy who works probably 16 to 18 hours a day, mm. six days a week. Wouldn't, it doesn't work if you ask him. It hasn't worked for years because he just loves what he does. It's a mission now. Exactly right. Mm. But he breaks his day down into five minute increments. So mm -hmm. micro tasks in each so yep. that he's effective, but also efficient in doing mm -hmm. that. If it doesn't get done in five minutes, it's moved on to the next block and the next block. Yep. And I mean, look what he's created, right? It's Absolutely. crazy. Yeah, the man's going to Mars, right? The man's going to Mars. They're one of the most efficient people on the planet. Yeah. How do you, how do you, find that inner fire i guess ab is a this is a you know personal growth or development mm. podcast how do you find that fire to want to micromanage yourself so hard that you're breaking down into five minute increments yeah that's an interesting one isn't it i think overarching everything is you have to love what you do it's as simple as that if you're doing something for the wrong reason so you know, you're, oftentimes you'll get people draw the circles. Okay, find something you're good at, find something you can make money at, and the way you go and find something people want to buy, that bit in the circle is where your business should be. You've got to find something. This isn't about off oh, pursue your passion because look, your passion might be taking photos of buttercups. It's going to be pretty hard to make a living out of that. Um, you, you've got to find something you do enjoy that engages you though, because all of a sudden it moves from being what you do for a living for what you do for fun. I haven't worked for years because I love what I do. I don't see it as work. I see it as a mission. And okay, some people that perhaps are a little cynical might go, "Oh, that's just a word change and it's semantics." <laughs> but psychologically, it's very, very important because the words you use change the way you think about things. So you know, if you're on a mission, if you find something that you really enjoy doing all of a sudden it's not work and if it's something you enjoy doing you're gonna set I guess it comes back again from that move to being an employee to self-employed you've got to have some level of drive about you if you're gonna make that move if you're someone that's really passive and you're content with life stay as an employee if you someone's got a burning drive to stretch yourself beyond what you can do and again if you're an employee be the best employee you can be stretch yourself in that stage but if you want to move out of that and really stretch yourself and, and play the inner game, which is you versus you, that's where entrepreneurship, self-employed business ownership really comes in. And that is, um, you know, how can I how can I win at this? Because it is the ultimate in competition. It's just a game. There's no safety net. You eat what you kill. If you don't, you're going to starve. It's as primal as that. And so you've got to drive your business or your enterprise in a way, in the most ethical way, if that's a value that you have, which it should be, to be able to you know, play that game. What am I going to accomplish in today, this morning, this hour, this five minutes? Not that it's going to keep me busy, but it's going to get me closer to what my goal is. And that's why you've got to be very clear as to what your outcome and your intention is before you start. This is what we stand for as a business. These are our goals. So every second of every minute of every hour of every day should be spent on moving closer to those goals. So if you look at your five or six minute breakdown of what you spent your time on and it hasn't moved you closer to those goals, it's a really wasted five or six minutes. Why? Because not only did it not get you closer to those goals, in fact, you're actually further away from them because you've just burned that five or six minutes of your time. Now this is drilling right in through the microscope at what some of the core success principles of being a business owner or an entrepreneur are all about. You cannot afford to waste that time because it doesn't matter how much money you have, you're never gonna get that time back. And the missed opportunity if you've got a business and you can, in that five minutes, come up with a new idea that you can flow out across 40 or 50 employees to touch thousands of people out there, gives you an idea of the cost of what that five minutes is if you waste it daydreaming. Don't get me wrong, good time to sit back and think sometimes too, but it needs to be moving you close to where you want to be. It's great advice, and as much as that sounds super hardcore, it's 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 ultimately the reality of it. <laughs> I my, get it. You see my diary every day. I know what you've oh. got in your diary every day too, and it's just like if you don't preserve your time and have it very, very deliberately set up with a purpose in mind, like today, the big three are as follows. You know, if you've got five priorities today, you've actually got none. You've got maybe one, two, 
possibly three things that are the big three for the day they've got to get done. And then you've got to break down the time, invest that time in there. Don't get me wrong, it's important to have time outside of that to clear your head too. This isn't about all you do is work. Allocate that time, they don't make it random. So if you're gonna to go to the gym and smash yourself and clear your head, go for a bike ride, which is what I usually do in the morning at the moment, or you know, walk around my farm or whatever it might be, if that time is budgeted for within your day, then it's productive time. If you just wander through as the day feels, you're not gonna get very far in life. I know what you mean. You wanna be spontaneous, but that spontaneity has to be scheduled mm. in as sort of a double-edged sword there, but ultimately it that's is. what it requires. It's tricky, right? because that's how, that, there's the cake. You can't cut it into too many pieces, it's gonna <laughs> crumble. And I mean, it, you know, it's bonkers when you talk about it in this level of detail, but that's what success is about, is getting the most satisfaction. And if you're an entrepreneur, your satisfaction is going to come from winning the game, delivering the best client satisfaction, the best investment returns, you know, the most easy to understand education, um, the most referrals, which is probably your anecdotal evidence that what you're doing is helping people and they want to help people in their network do that. They're the sort of benchmarks as an entrepreneur you might be striving toward. The only way to make that happen is right from the very top of the leadership chain because it'll set the culture. It's okay when you're self-employed, when you've got people working for you, you're setting the culture and, 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 the, and the vision within the business. And you've got to set that standard pretty high and everyone else will follow in that vortex and all of a sudden you'll move mountains, which is, you know, if you're someone that's ambitious, what you've got to do. The fish rots from the head first. It's a, it's a perfect analogy for that. It's got to be an Italian expression though, isn't it? It is, something like that. Your one grand, I bet you it was one of, one of your granddads, I bet you it was. <laughs> I guess as we come to the end of the broadcast, AB, we've covered off a lot here. Mm. And I think you know, our listeners probably have truly understood what it really takes. And mm. you're a prime example of that. I'm learning a lot from you each and every day. Mm. And I can certainly back up what you're saying is most definitely true. Mm. How do you then look to buy back some of your time? As we mentioned about coming an investor, that, that's relative to whichever quadrant that you're in. Yeah. How do we help? Okay, so carving some time out, you've got to manage your time to learn some skills to become a decent investor. And we, we provide a pretty time effective solution for people in that. So yeah, if you're someone that's mad on your five and six minute increments of what you do, we need 10 minutes of your time a day. Give it, carve us out two slots for the day. That's all we're gonna to need to help you do what you need to do. And so it isn't as time consuming as people might think. And the key thing is in that 10 minutes is a concentrated activity, doing the right thing at the right time is how you get the right results. You could do the right thing at the wrong time, no result. You could do the wrong thing at the right time, no result. You do the right thing at the right time. We need about 10 minutes if you're someone that's super busy to follow along with our easy trade functionality to better get your money in the market working for you. So it's not time consuming. I guess the trade-off, if you want to build that investment uh, pool up so you can sort of fast track your way to an early retirement um, or, or, or early choices to what retirement looks like, part-time work, charity, whatever it might be, um, is you think, okay, well, if I put more time into my investing, will that give me a bigger return? And the answer is simply no. There's a sweet spot on this. So we need 10 minutes a day. If you're someone that wants to be very active and hands-on, I'd say 90 minutes, two hours, Max. less than, 90 minutes yeah. tops, right? Because as soon as you go past that point in time, there's a diminishing return. You'll start to be too close to something uh, and, and you simply can't see the wood for the trees. And I found this when I had my first crack and when I was 29 at retirement where you're sitting in front of a trading screen and if there's nothing happening, you start to create things that aren't happening so you have something to do. And that's a very, very dangerous, very toxic type of behavior. And anyone that day trades, that's why most day traders don't make money. You know, was it 98% of day traders lose yep. money? I don't know why people give it a go, but there you go. Um, you know, it, 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 because you're sitting in front of the screen, you're gonna really look um, to try and find something to really you know, move you through the day. So you know, somewhere between that 10 minutes a day at the most light end to 90 minutes a day at the absolute maximum end, uh, you know, we've got clients that manage you know, multi-million dollars in the market and they put in you know, an hour a week 
and they're getting great returns on it because it, there, is a, there isn't a correlation between time put in and return. It does have a sweet spot on it. So don't think if you're looking at this, you're gonna to have to find tons of time to do it. You just need to find the right amount of time to do the right thing. And that's perfect for a business owner, perfect for an employee. 100%, better yet, what about if we just text you when there's something to do so you can use that 10 minutes when you need to do something <laughs> as opposed to, so, and that's exactly what we do as part of our service. Absolutely, great advice, Amy. Look, mm. thank you very much for your rundown here. It's been pretty hardcore, but mm. ultimately it's the reality of being a business owner. Is it for everyone? I think we can safely say the answer is no. No, no it's not, Mitch. It's not. You've got to be someone that wants that. And just because a friend of yours might be a business owner doesn't mean that's the right thing for you. Be a great employee. Be the best what you can do. You can make a fortune in that space. You can be incredibly fulfilled. You can do amazing things. If self-employed is a place you want to go to, go be self-employed. If you want to stretch it further and scale it up being a business owner. But ultimately, whichever one of those three groups you're in, the end game is still the same. Ultimately, at some point in your life, you are going to be an investor, and that is where you have to live off the returns from your investments in the form of super and other things that you've done. The bigger you can make that pot, and the quicker you can make it sizable, and we talked about the danger of not giving things time, but the, the sooner you can get there by maybe having strategies that outperform and maybe a little bit less risky, cash on demand, I guess being a good example of that, the quicker you can get to that promised land of being able to live off your investments. Everyone will end up there. The question is how quickly will you get there? Take too many chances, you'll never get there. Never do anything, you'll never really get there. <laughs> do an early deduction from your super, take your 20 grand out. What was it 750,000 people cleaned out their super to get 10, 20 so grand now, which is probably gonna be worth five or 600 grand for them by the time they come to retire. Most of them under 35, interesting statistic. You know, so if you clean yourself out, you gotta start again. So you've just gotta be very, very careful with what you do. Do it in the right way, self-managed super, get it working hard, you know, 10 minutes to an hour and a half a day, probably for most people, half an hour is a realistic expectation. That's five, six minute blocks in your day, which most people can probably find if they really put their mind to it. And bingo, you get to the promised land. It's not hard, success leaves clues. Everything we've talked about is duplicable. Have a plan, work out what you wanna do, how you're gonna get there. Manage your time religiously, work out what structure is right for you, take the tax benefits out of it, preserve and enjoy what you do so you have a purpose, so every day there's a fire in your belly that you wanna get you further along the line, be competitive, master what you do, be an expert in your field, save, invest, get your investments working hard, and don't spend all day doing it, just spend a handful of minutes a day. Well, there you go. Thank you, AB, much appreciated, great advice, and uh, certainly a lot of good value in there for our listeners. Always a pleasure, Mitch, anytime. There you have it, guys. Give us a review and a rating, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the show next week.